You are listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. So good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the November 2023 session of the Unseen Touchscreen uh, with the author and wonderful presenter, Michael Fair. So I'm going to let Michael take over from here. And um, we are today talking about a topic which is very near and dear to my heart, which is Braille. Everyone. All right. Well, uh, yeah, Braille is one of these things on uh, on on this that you know, it, uh, uh, basically I've used Braille all my life. I learned it as a blind child in school. And uh, of course, after that, as I got older, I kind of had less use for Braille. Uh, I used speech for reading all my books, tape recording and CDs and eventually eBooks when they became accessible. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, you know, I could have merely gone all along about my life, mostly without Braille. I do, I've always liked to label things in Braille. So it's always had a place there, and uh, you know things things like that uh, have have been been helpful. So Braille has never been entirely absent from me, but it's not one of these things that I needed, uh, you know, with a capital N for a lot. But uh, uh, there we are, just making sure these are where they should be. Uh, yeah, I've got. Uh, New AirPods, if people notice I'm sounding a bit different. I have AirPods Pro second generation now. That might change things a bit. Uh, we'll get to audio a little later in the course probably again. Uh, but for now, it's Braille. You can use Braille with iOS. It's uh, supported uh, in, in a lot of ways deep in the operating system. Uh, it's all done through voiceover. So voiceover doesn't just mean speech. Uh, it, it means... Uh, Braille as well. It's all tied in with VoiceOver. So that is your main place. You go into VoiceOver uh, in the settings. So settings, accessibility, VoiceOver, Braille. And that is where you find all of the different things you can do uh, to control uh, your your Braille output here. So there's there's a lot to cover here. So basically, uh, you know, uh, there's a bunch of advantages to uh, if, if you no braille and you want to read uh books for example what i'm doing this presentation i am using my braille display i'm reading notes off of my braille display which is connected to a, uh, my backup iphone um you can't have notes in zoom uh and still have zoom active uh, at least not if you want video and audio if you're just doing audio you can actually go into another app uh but uh, uh certainly if, if I'm on air, I have to use both iPhones because I can't have Zoom uh, notes in Zoom, which is kind of a pain. I wish they added that. Um, but I can read notes silently as I'm talking to you. And that's a big plus when uh, you're trying to give a presentation. It's much easier, I find, than having a voice natter at me uh, with what I want to say. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of advantages. And then, of course, there are books. You know, you want to take a whole bunch of Braille books to read. Uh, you know, if you take an iPhone, you, you can store an abundance of Braille on an iPhone. You don't even have to get specifically Braille books. You can get Kindle books uh, or Apple books, books. Uh, they used to call them iBooks, but now I think it's it's just books. The app is just called books. Uh, and you can uh, read those as Braille. What happens is the print, the, the books are written in digital print, of course, 
uh, for sighted people, but the operating system, if you have a braille display hooked up to it, it will translate that into braille and put that on your display. And you can actually choose the format of braille, whether you want contracted, uncontracted, grade two, grade one, UEB, uh, all those, you have that choice. And same with output, uh, input and output, you can choose both. Um, iOS supports Braille with a lot of, of love. Uh, Apple people really care uh, to do that. But it's Braille bugs. Uh, what happens sometimes is there are uh, parts where uh, an, an update to iOS happens and no one considers uh, what happens with Braille and sometimes things break. And unfortunately, when that happens, things can take a while to get sorted. The last Braille bug that affected me was a couple of operating system generations ago and it for a while you couldn't scroll past the bottom of a page in an ebook so you you know you would get to the end and then you just could not uh scroll on or it would go on and it would skip a whole gobbit of text like a whole chunk of the next page you'd have to go back up and find your place again and then read from there it was very annoying made it pretty much impractical to read books uh, and that lasted for maybe a month, maybe a bit longer, and then they fixed it. Uh, so you know, it, it, it can take a while. Uh, some more serious bugs have happened with Braille displays where they, uh, you know, they had uh, for a while, you had a case where Braille displays would, would disconnect or not record typed characters. You'd type and you, you, the words would get missed because of how Bluetooth worked in terms of connecting Braille displays. And that one took, I believe, a couple of months at least to fix. Like, it, 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 I remember thinking at the time that if you were a student and you really relied on Braille to do everything and suddenly this happened, like you would be up a creek. Same with if you were deafblind and just totally reliant on Braille, you couldn't use speech. Most of us, of course, uh, who can hear uh, can use speech and use voiceover for everything and, and you know, not even need braille as such to operate our iphones uh so you know th that is uh you know something that you know you know for most of us braille bugs aren't going to be showstoppers but they can really change you know what you can do uh with your phone uh when, when, in, in if you really need braille to do something uh you can uh you know one thing you can do with if you hook up your braille display to your iPhone uh, with Bluetooth is you can feel your phone. Like normally you'd scroll, you'd, know, you'd use the scrolling buttons to scroll line by line, uh, at, at, you know, through what's on the screen, but you can also hold, you know, have one hand on the Braille display and touch your phone with the other finger and, and it will track, you know, it will move to where your finger is and show you, uh, you know, what is on the screen. And you can still use gestures just because you have a Braille display hooked up does not mean that you can't still use screen gestures to do most of the work of controlling your iPhone. You can absolutely still do that. Of course, that leaves only one hand to read the Braille display or operate its controls and buttons. So there is a way to fully control your iPhone with a Braille display. It involves memorizing a whole bunch of command keys uh, to do that. So you could go and find all the, uh, you know, the keys, uh, the keyboard commands, uh, and you can actually customize these. There's in the Braille settings, there's a section called commands where you can actually go in and change what commands do and actually set it up to be exactly, you know, how you want 
to control your iPhone. You can you can reassign everything. Nothing's written in stone. And if you really create a mess, you can reset everything. There's a reset button that gets you back to factory defaults uh, at the end of the settings. So don't worry about you know creating a mess that's unfixable. Nothing's carved in stone. Uh, but of course, that presupposes you remember what the original commands were, right? So yeah, just keep that in mind as you're as you're thinking of doing this. Uh, if there's a cursor on the screen, uh, you know, like right now, I'm just reading my notes, so there's no cursor. I can't tell where exactly uh, I am to the letter, right? Uh, in these notes, it's it's just lines of notes. But if I had a keyboard, uh, if I was editing a file, something like that, uh, I would there'd be a, a one or two dots. Uh, the cells are eight dots on these on on uh, my display. So, oh, uh, and you can also have six dots as well. Uh, and it will use what's there to indicate it'll flash one cell up and down uh, a couple of dots uh, up and down to to sort of show you where the cursor is. Uh, another neat thing they've just added actually to Braille uh, input, if you want to get to an app quickly, you can type in the start to type in the name of the app like uh, uh, um, Scrivener, for example, I can type in SCRI and it would start looking for apps with that you know, those letters and their names, and it would get a list going. And the app that was selected would be surrounded by a couple of full cells. And you could scroll through the list, moving to the next app and in the search results until you find the one you want. And then you'd enter a, a chord E, a spacebar and E for enter. And that would get you into that app. It would open the app. So they added that in uh, actually with this current uh, iOS 17, uh, just as something else, uh, for Braille users to, uh, you know, to uh, to do, uh, to have that, to get at apps more quickly. So uh, that was kind of nice of them to, uh, to do. So uh, there's in Bluetooth settings now too, you can have it make sure that if you're using a Braille display, um, you can have it so that when voiceover is on, it automatically makes sure Bluetooth is on. And that can be really helpful, particularly for deafblind people, because at least then, they know that their braille display, uh, it's it, it makes it a lot less uh, stressful to reconnect their braille display if they at least know that Bluetooth isn't disabled, that it's on, right? So that's something they've added. Uh, they've also added one that could put braille displays to sleep along with your phone to save battery. And I, I hesitate to recommend that because uh, some braille displays won't connect as smoothly or as reliably as others, uh, that's uh, there's so many different Braille displays out there, at least 70. And Apple uh, kind of tries to support all of them as much as they can. And it's hard to do that, uh, you know, completely uh, as well as, as they can with hardware that they create. So, you know, that's something to, uh, uh, to be considered. Uh, you can turn off speech while you're using Braille uh, with the two finger triple tap. Um, you can turn off speech. You can uh, also uh, set it up so that there's something called sound curtain. This is something else they've added in. And what you can do is when the Braille display is detected and being used, it will silence all sounds coming over your, out of your iPhone. And that includes speech. So be careful using this one. The only way to get your sounds back would be to turn off your Braille display or to turn sound curtain off. So you want to create a shortcut key or something to do that, that you know what it is so that you can turn it on and off and not get stuck with no speech, right? So that could be helpful uh, for 
deaf people who might not be able to hear what their iPhone's doing, it might be making distractive noises and they're trying to, you know, talk if they're able to talk. Um, and, uh, you know, so there are situations where you might want that as a Braille user. On the other hand, if you're a speech user, I, I seriously wouldn't recommend that. Just take the time to turn off speech. Uh, you can do that with a three-finger triple tap. Uh, three, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> three-finger uh, three double tap, uh, actually. Um, and that will turn on and off speech. And then there's another, uh, you can turn off voiceover sounds in the audio settings of voiceover. So settings, accessibility, voiceover, audio, um, and make sure that those little sounds can be turned off if you don't want any uh, sounds. So, you know, there are, there are less drastic ways of reducing sounds, distracting uh, people. But, you know, the, the real advantage of this over a note taker is that you get access to the whole ecosystem of iOS, all the apps that are accessible with VoiceOver, you can use Braille with, basically. And uh, so, for example, I often recommend Choice of Games, uh, hosted games. They're two uh, apps that give you access to a bunch of text stories that you can play. Uh, and you, you can, uh, they're basically, it's, it's you reading uh, your choices, you're making choices, choosing your next thing. And uh, it's it's very, it's about as simple as it gets to operate. And, uh, you know, it really will get you used to using your Braille display uh, in a fun way. Uh, and that I think is important for people. So you can use all kinds of these apps that are made for sighted people, but you'll be reading in Braille. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's uh, really, it opens up a lot, a much wider world if you can master the touchscreen. One thing I would say is don't go into this expecting that your Braille display will replace the necessity of learning how to use the touchscreen. I think you really still need to do that. Um, if, if, if you're, entertaining the thought of using a smartphone. Yes, you can control it with a keyboard, with a braille display uh, pretty extensively, probably fully, but just, uh, you know, it's worth the time to learn those gestures to use the touch screen, if, if, if at all possible. Uh, it's, it's uh, you know, there, there'll probably come a time when things don't go quite right with connectivity or something else goes wrong. And you'll be very thankful to know those screen gestures. I tend to use the screen gestures rather than memorize the Braille commands, the host of commands that you would have to know, uh, different key combinations um, to fully control with a Braille display. Uh, same with keyboard commands. Actually, I, I've, I've begun using more and more of those, but even still, you know, I, it's the screen gestures are where it's at for me in terms of really efficient use of uh, your iPhone. Now, of course, if you're traveling, uh, your iPhone might be in your pocket or somewhere in a pack and you still might want to work on it. So there are times when it can be really advantageous to uh, just have the keyboard on your lap or a Braille display on your lap and be able to do everything that way. So it is possible. Just how much effort do you want to put into memorizing all those commands, right? Um, so, you know, formatting, of course, is is not going to be perfect with a Braille display because it's, you know, the, the line lengths are different for one thing. Um, Braille lines, I have a 14 cell display here. So it's wrapping that uh, far and then uh, you know moving the words over to the next line. It's kind of adjusting the formatting uh, as I'm uh, doing this. Um, and that is, you know, for writing, you're gonna have to think that through when you're writing on, uh, you know, with Braille uh, in, in terms of that. Uh, basically, I use one of these, uh, like Ulysses is pretty much what you see is what you get. 
So it, the formatting is is largely up to the uh, paid, like whatever word processing app you're using, uh, learn its ins and outs. And uh, you can have, uh, there's a, a status ability to have one cell be a sort of status cell that reveals formatting information and stuff. That's in the Braille settings as well. Um, so there's there's lots of of kind of things that you can do. Uh, if you if you ever had to enter a passcode, uh, with you'd set uh, I would do it this way. I would set it to touch typing so that characters are only only entered when you lift your finger. Then you know I put my left hand on the Braille display because I'm right handed for using the phone, and I move my finger along the right hand you know over the phone surface. Find the right numbers. Wait till I feel the right number under the you know in the braille display, and then lift that you know finger so that it gets entered right, and then f go and find the next number and enter it that way. It's it's you know uh, I found it rather a bit painstaking and slow, but that's you know because I was I usually just do it with speech and uh, barely need that anymore. It's so unconscious. It's so second nature now. Uh, my my particular passcode, but that's that's something if you were had to do it with braille. You could. It is possible to unlock your phone uh, with uh, with the Braille display as long as that that was connected. Um, so that uh, there's a lot here. Um, uh, so, sometimes you need to explore the screen to really find all the things, like all the options, to get them all to reveal. Sometimes they're hidden until you touch that area, and it kind of realizes, detects that you're touching that area, and go, "Oh, you need these options here," and kinds of pulls them uh, up and makes them available. Um, so that uh, that's, you know, kind of thing where you, you it's, it kind of helps sometimes to feel around the screen. VoiceOver doesn't announce everything out loud. It, it kind of waits for you to explore and find it uh, much more than other screen readers. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, you know, another thing with notifications in Braille, because that's something you'll encounter a lot. You'll be going along and all of a sudden, bing, someone will send you a notification. Hey, doc, what's up? And that will pull you out of what you're, you'll read the word notification suddenly in the middle of what you're reading. And then you'll read the text of the note. And you can set the time uh, that that note is up there before you return to what you were doing. So it's going to pull you. It's very jarring. I think Braille must be the place where it's the most jarring uh, for people to suddenly be pulled away from everything they're just looking at into this other context of this other notification um and uh, and have to read that uh so you you can set the time that those uh uh show up on the screen and uh you can also um with uh with braille you can set it to go to uh, like back to um you can have it so the notifications don't appear uh, if you want, um, you can have that with system in uh, settings, verbosity, actually, uh, settings, voiceover, accessibility, voiceover, verbosity, system notifications. You can decide whether notes, notifications go to your Braille display or not as a default, right? And and just set that arbitrarily for, for whatever uh, is most helpful to you. Um, you know, so that that's, it's good to have that control. There'll be cases where you really don't want to be disturbed in what you're doing. Uh, and uh, you'll want that ability to not have notifications pull you out of of there. So, yeah, there's uh, a lot of these commands that you'll be doing with a Braille display is our chord commands, right? So spacebar dots one, 
uh, in three uh, are uh, those ones will get you into practice. So that's a K basically. That'll get you into practice mode. Like uh, that's what you do when you do a, a, a VO, a voiceover and then K command to get into that with uh, with regular voiceover on a Bluetooth keyboard. So it makes sense. And when you're in there, you can try different chord commands, uh, chord E, chord A, like, and that's holding down the space bar while you enter those characters, right? And it will tell you what those commands do. Of course, that'll appear up on your Braille display as well. You'll hear the, the ticking as, as that happens. And you can read over, you know, what uh, uh, the different commands are and, and, you know, memorize the ones you need and, uh, and change the ones that you, you know, you, if you're not going to use them, you can change them to something else. Uh, all of that is possible in the command uh, uh, session uh, section. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility. And basically also you should remember that voiceover is doing all the controlling your braille display as smart as it might be in other places it's slaved to voiceover and it's doing voiceover is really doing all the lifting ios voiceover not your display so that's uh something to keep in mind that it's really uh when you're using a braille display with your phone um that uh you know that is uh is basically how um how that works. Um, you have uh, a lot of commands. So spacebar H goes home. Uh, that's important, getting back to your home screens. Uh, so uh, when you want to get out a level back up towards your home screen, um, that's what you can do. So uh, let's see. Uh, so there's a lot of, of apps. You can type in the name of an app to get to the list to get in, to get to that app from the home screen. Uh, that's kind of a helpful thing. Uh, spacebar plus dots uh, one and uh, uh, oh, so for prior next spacebar dots one for prior go backwards uh, whatever unit you've selected uh, and spacebar dot four to go next uh, and uh, spacebar dots three and six uh, to activate uh, it, it, that's like the activation command if you want to tell it I want to do this like a double tap. Um, uh, like single finger double tap, space bar uh, uh, plus dots uh, two uh, uh, is uh, escape, uh, and uh, space bar dot e is enter. So there's uh, a whole series of these commands that you would uh, you would have to memorize to really use this well. It takes it's going to take you time, so don't go into this when it's a real rush, take your time learning this uh, and, uh, you know, learn all the capabilities, what you can do with, with your display. Um, there's uh, so um, connecting uh, your display after uh, making certain it's ready to, to pair. Right. So when you're connecting these things, you, you know, find out, read the instructions, how to connect things with your Braille display uh, for on the iOS side, you go into the settings voiceover braille uh, bluetooth should be on of course uh when you're doing this and then you can choose your braille display and presuming your braille display is in pairing mode ready to pair uh you should find it in the list of available displays in ios you flick right through the list and you, you double tap on the one you want uh with one finger that should be your braille display when it connects you if you're feeling your display it you'll feel that 
happen, and you'll you'll probably hear it. It'll tick as as dots rearrange. It might ask you. Some of them ask you to enter a pin number. Uh, I've found that you can actually enter that either on the Braille display, or uh, I, I've actually managed to enter it on the display um, sometimes uh, on the iPhone rather, and that can be easier at times. Uh, uh, just depending on on how rushed things are, they don't always give you a lot of time to enter those numbers. So just be ready to just quickly get that in one way or the other. And uh, you can also uh, you, you set your settings for input and output, whichever grades you want to do other other. They don't have to be the same. Uh, word wrap. You can determine whether words wrap to the next line or, or whether they don't. Uh, panning. Uh, so that's that's when you. You move forward, uh, whether whether it pans to the next page, kind of thing. Uh, auto advance, you can set it so it, it automatically advances. You don't have to constantly press a button like I'm doing now, reading my notes. Uh, and you can adjust the rate of speed that it goes. So that's something you know. For some people, they really like that. I I tend not to. I I just want to have that control over what I'm reading. Um, but some people, you can read faster if you don't have to worry about advancing. Uh, what you're uh, what you're doing there, so you can uh, enable uh, options in the rotor uh, Braille screen input. You can actually input on the touch screen itself, even if you don't have a Braille display. You can uh, you know, use instead of using regular the regular on screen keyboard, which is a, a kind of a miniature QWERTY keyboard. Uh, you can turn the phone sideways and use your Braille. Uh, like put your fingers on the screen as if they were on a brailler and sort of spread them, coordinate. It'll calibrate with the you know position of your fingers when you put them down. And then you, you can just start typing and uh, type in, in braille. And if you put a uh, braille screen input at the very top of your rotor, it's a special position at the very, very top, then what happens, it will automatically activate whenever you're in a situation where there's a keyboard and you might have to enter text. It will just be enabled. So that's something that uh, you, you might want to uh, to do that. When you're entering in, in that format, in Braille screen input, then to do a space, you swipe right with one finger. And uh, there are other gestures. Uh, swiping left with one finger deletes uh, characters, uh, the last character you wrote. Um, and uh, swiping right with two fingers uh, to move to uh, a new line. So there are, there are these alternate little commands uh, for different things. Swipe up with uh, up and down with uh, one finger uh, to cycle through uh, spelling, like if you're checking spelling. So there, there are a number of these unique commands when you're in uh, Braille screen input mode, uh, swiping right with three fingers, uh, uh, ent enters a, a carriage return. So, you know, that, you know, that's, uh, or sends a message, right? So yeah, be sure you go through these commands and make sure you know about the consequences, right? If you're doing this, um, uh, the status cell, I think I mentioned that that's a cell that you can have activated and it will sort of show by which dots are raised, uh, which font, whether a font is being used, whether like special conditions are present where you are in the text. So you have a sense of the formatting that you normally you wouldn't see, like if it was bolded, if it, things like that. Um, so each each dot signifies something, right? In that six dot cell. Um, battery low uh, is, is another one that 
it can uh, it, it can tell you about uh, more text on the current line, uh, uh, waiting message, uh, escape. So there's there's a lot of uh, et cetera. So there's a lot of different things there that you can you can ascertain just through, through having one cell uh, dedicated to status rather than uh, text. I typically don't do that. I just want it all text and that's that. But I, I wouldn't use Braille uh, personally to uh, to write with. I, I don't tend to do that. It would slow me down. Uh, but for some people, it's, it's faster uh, than using the normal keyboard. So you might want that and you'd want all that information. So that that can be how you get that, uh, and that's all in, in voiceover settings, uh, settings vo uh, voiceover uh, settings accessibility voiceover Braille. Uh, all of that is is in those settings. So if you're going to use uh, bra the Braille uh, method of of using your iPhone, just go you know go through these uh, settings and learn all the ins and outs of this stuff. There's a lot here. Uh, Nemeth settings, right? You, you can have it use Nemeth uh, for math and, and, and so forth and actually, you know, use mathematical equations and apparently pretty advanced ones. I'm not, uh, my math skills are not up to that. I don't know what I'm doing with, with that, but uh, you, you can, uh, which might come in handy, uh, you know, if, if you're so inclined. Um, uh, so uh, words are uh, you can have word wrap will, will you know make sure that words are uh, wrapped around to the next line and so that they kind of end sensibly and you're not left with hanging characters on the end of a line so that's something else you can change uh you can change whether pa uh, panning cross crosses page boundaries right that's another thing that you know you can get to the end of of a page and want to go to the next page and you can have it stop so it won't and then you, you'll know when you reach the end of it or you can have it, uh, it scroll to the next page. Uh, so that's uh, that's something else you can do. You can uh, choose which code of Braille, uh, six dot eight dot contracted, uncontracted, UEB. Uh, you know all of these uh, uh, the uh, US codes, uh, UK. Uh, there's there's even more now. Different language tables. Uh, they've really expanded that over the years. Uh, you, you can choose whether to hide the on-screen keyboard or not while you're using a Braille display. Um, that I, I find, I, I, I usually leave the keyboard visible mainly because I've had instances where I, I've had my regular keyboard hidden on me and I'm, I've never been quite sure whether it's the Braille display or something else that's doing it sometimes. So I tend not to, to take advantage of that. But that, of course, opens up more space on the screen, right? If you don't have the regular keyboard visible, if you're using your Braille display keyboard, you know, that will free up more space for text, right? So, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of, of controls like this. Uh, and uh, you, you, can, you can still use a, a Bluetooth keyboard if you want. Nothing says that you have to just use one device, you can absolutely have a Braille to uh, a Bluetooth keyboard going as well as a Braille display, and then you you know you obviously you read with the Braille display, you write with the Bluetooth keyboard, and you have the best of both worlds if if you need that. So there's you know there's a, a lot here uh, that you can do uh, with with Braille. Uh, you can get in and out of of subgroups, um, uh, things like that. There's there's a lot of of different things. Uh, so, uh, it, 
to, to use Braille um, in, in terms of these apps, like you would be going into an app, uh, you'd use the activate, you know, like you double tap. So all the commands, you know, you will have voiceover equivalents. You'll, you'll have to find all the keystrokes. And then, you know, you can read through the apps and it will sort of show you as you're reading along, you can go beyond the text in the apps to the elements uh, on the screen as well. Um, and it will read uh, what they uh, would be. And uh, you can just go and, and activate when you get onto one of these elements. Uh, you can, you double tap equivalent, which is uh, uh, space dots three, six, uh, for example, to, uh, uh, you know, to do things and, uh, you know, get, get control of these apps fully check and unchecked radio buttons, uh, you know, all of this, this kind of stuff. Uh, there are commands to use the rotor and uh, do everything you can with the rotor with, uh, with Braille. So depending on how far you want to go with it. Uh, so yeah, th th that's kind of an, an overview of what you can do with Braille. Uh, it, it gets real, uh, there's, there's a lot here. Like there's a lot of commands to memorize. Uh, there's, uh, you know, obviously you can use, you know, Braille, the Braille display. I mostly use mine to read books. So for me, it's very basic. I can just start it up. I can use this iPhone to get to where I need to go in terms of the screen gestures. And then I use my uh, Braille display to actually read the books. And uh, that uh, really goes, uh, does a lot in terms of just, you know, learning how to spell things. With speech, you don't always get that. Uh, with Braille, you absolutely do. And uh, you'll read over how names and things are spelt, words that, you know, and also punctuation. Another thing that I'm very grateful for, to Braille for is just my sense of where punctuation goes. Uh, you know, if, if it's, again, it's something that's harder to grasp just with speech. It's possible. People have done it. Uh, but it's it's harder uh, if you learn how to read Braille, it's it's as equivalent to print as it gets, and you'll see, sort of, you'll feel where the punctuation goes, and kind of get a handle on sentence structure and things like that. So there's there's a lot to be said for having Braille in one's life, and Apple has done a lot uh, more than a lot of companies, I think, to to really support Braille. Uh, with iOS. Uh, and it, you can't get much more portable than that. Having an iPhone and a Braille display, especially one of the smaller ones, uh, wow. I mean, it, it doesn't get much more portable than that. I can carry around thousands of books in my pocket thanks to my iPhone. And thanks to a Braille display that's about the size of a paperback book, uh, even smaller, really, I can have that all basically in one hand uh, and, and in a pocket in a hand and just be able to take my Braille anywhere and read uh, you know, either to do a speech or to give uh, presentations like this or, you know, to uh, read read books uh, and things like that, read websites. You know, this will work everywhere in iOS. So, you know, the, the sky's the limit. You want to do uh, website reading with a Braille display and, act, and fill in a form that way, you, you could do it. It's, you know, it's trickier to me because I'm used to using the touchscreen touch gestures. I really haven't delved into... Uh, the Braille commands, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, learning uh, JAWS, like learning other screen readers, you know, there's a bunch of key commands you have to get used to doing that are above and beyond what a sighted person would need to know, right? Like it's it's, it's an additional layer of learning. And that's what we're encountering here. It's an additional layer of these things that you just have to memorize, uh, you know, what goes where, what command does what, 
it, you know, and you can practice with the practice mode, the uh, 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 spacebar dots one three k. Um, get into practice mode and just try some of the stuff out. Uh, that's one way of learning it. Or you can go through the list of commands. You can go into the Braille uh, commands uh, settings and just go through each command, and you, you can hear what uh, what dots you're supposed to press to do each thing. Uh, and there's also on uh, Apple.com accessibility. Uh, they have articles up there with Braille commands. Uh, I have some links to it in my guidebook in there. Uh, and th th they've they might have been updated since then already. Uh, you know, it's it's been uh, God uh, almost a year <laughs> or more uh, since I published it. And uh, yeah, uh, so Apple's always updating things. And uh, you know, they just beware of that when if you are really reliant on Braille. Uh, the downside, of course, is that the, you know we're a, a, a tiny percentage of Apple's users. So if a Braille bug happens report it to Apple accessibility. And th the more people that report it, the more likely it is that it'll get fixed. Uh, especially if you can you can convince them of the seriousness of it. Uh, what happens though is it's, we're at such a tiny fraction of the overall pool of users that that progress kind of happens regardless if Braille support is ready for it or not. And that has caused uh, unfortunate happenstances where we've had real problems that are quite at times crippling for Braille users. Uh, and and they not they're, you'll see updates and they'll fix like the camera. They'll fix some other little thing with some other feature, but they haven't touched your Braille bug yet. And you wonder what's taking them so long, right? To, to fix something that's absolutely wrecking your day. And the, I think you know, Apple does seem to be getting a bit smarter about this. Uh, you know, they, uh, you know, they're a bit more aware, a bit more respect receptive to messages of hey this is serious this is kind of really wrecking the day for a lot of users um so they are paying a bit more attention than when i first wrote in in my guide uh but i, I think there's still there needs to be some sort of equivalence put in there where if something goes wrong with braille that is is really serious that it's taken as seriously as as something goes wrong with uh, some mainstream feature like if if all of a sudden everyone's screens went black or letters got jumbled or something, you know, that, that would be addressed really quickly. Uh, and I think we need to sort of demand that of Apple for Braille issues because, you know, it could be just like that only for such a small percentage of users that they don't even feel it. Right. So that's, that's the kind of thing as a Braille user that every once in a while you run into. Uh, and then you go through long stretches where everything just works like, really well uh i've had that happen too uh so it also depends on your your needs right like how much do you use braille i use it very marginally uh compared to a lot of people uh my wife uses it in church to do her choir practice and she will go with her iphone uh in her pocket and uh, the braille display around her neck or on a table uh, a podium i guess you'd call it and you know she can read it and uh you know, provided everything goes smoothly connectivity wise, she'll be able to keep up with her notes and know what, you know, what, uh, what she needs to do to uh, help the choir get through the service. Uh, so there's, it, it opens up a lot of possibilities uh, having this, this technology. And thankfully there are more affordable Braille displays and uh, you know, it's, it's a really powerful combination uh, and I would submit that it offers more provided nothing goes wrong uh, it offers more bang for buck than 
any note taker uh, pretty much ever would. Um, but uh, you know, it, uh, it the downside is, you know, it, we're not the primary customer, right? And Apple controls everything. Apple controls uh, the software and the hardware, uh, and and they they uh, you know, it's it's the situation where the first party company is is responsible for the access technology. So there's uh, we're part of their larger agenda, but we're we're not the uh, you know, like Jaws, if you have a screen reader like NVDA or Jaws, their sole focus is making blind people's work lives better, right? Like that's their their absolute, uh, you know, cause the resistance, right? That's what they do. Apple, it's only a part of what they do. And that we have to keep that in mind uh, as we uh, venture into this. Know what you're getting into. Have uh, alternatives, maybe uh, backup plans if things might go wrong. Um, they're usually pretty re receptive uh, if you call them, if you report to Apple Accessibility, hey, this is going wrong. Uh, can you fix this? Uh, and uh, especially if you can provide instances and explain how you how what you were doing when you got, when that happened, and then they can get at you know hopefully duplicate the problem and then fix it. It's a lot easier if they can replicate it easily. Uh, some of these things only happen to some people or some Braille displays, and that's where things can really get tricky because then they have to sort of try and figure out what's going on and they, they it's not as direct a process and it can take longer. So just uh, you know, try to be aware of these additional things as you're going about, you know, making choices as to what you use Braille for, what you might want to use speech for, uh, whether iOS is the right platform for you, right? Like if you're really, really dependent on Braille, uh, you know, maybe there are, are better options for you. It's possible. Um, I doubt any of them would would offer you the breadth of possibility, but they might offer better reliability with what they can do. Uh, you know, so there are alternatives out there for for people who really find that iOS just doesn't meet their needs. And I think, unfortunately, uh, that's more likely to happen with people who really rely totally on Braille. Someone like me who just uses it to read books. Uh, you know, if if you know, if that in when that book ha bug happened, that stopped me from really being able to read books. You know, I could just read them anyway with speech. It didn't affect speech reading of Braille with voiceover. It just affected Braille. So that kind of thing can can happen. Uh, you know, some, something that really wrecks what uh, you know some of our days won't impact other people, and that can further delude Apple's sense of how urgent something is to fix. So that's that's kind of the uh, hopefully gives you a sense of the of the realm we're in when it comes to braille uh third party apps um you know some the the only real uh one i've i've come across that uh there's some, a game called time crest and it has uh added in the the spelling you can have spellings of names and stuff done so that you can tell how to pronounce them correctly uh, and they did that for blind people who might not I guess visually it's more obvious uh, than, than it is for us. So they add in, you know, features like, like that in uh, to support Braille and, and speech users of their products. Um, and, and so, so there are things that developers can do, uh, but mainly it's voiceover, you know, mainly it's everything goes through voiceover. It's voiceover. It, it can, can support it. Uh, then developers don't have to think quite as much about how they, you know, 
about Braille specifically. They just have to make sure the voiceover support is good. The labeling is good. And that way uh, the app will uh, work uh, better for uh, voiceover users, regardless of whether they're using speech or Braille. Um, and uh, also uh, they'll, it'll work better for what we're going to be covering next week, which is something called voice control. And that is a feature that lets you control the, everything uh, with your voice. And uh, that has pros and cons to it uh, as well. Uh, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, instead of it almost replaces the touchscreen. You can sort of do everything that you could with the touchscreen, but it's it's clunky. Uh, I'll warn you about that right now. Um, Braille is it's kind of we're we're in these two edge cases of how to control. Not many people would control their phones. Uh, would buy a device like this to control their phones with their voices, uh, and so you'll you'll find it a bit a bit of a clunky thing to use. Uh, there are ways to minimize the clunkiness. Uh, kind of similar with the Braille, uh, you can you can sort of you know alter the commands that you you have to use to do different things, uh, and uh, that can make Braille uh, really customizable, really kind of more to what you need to suit your specific needs. Um, so uh, we've got kind of similar opportunities in in with voice control. Uh, so. Uh, hopefully that that uh, gives people at least a, a, a glimpse into what they can do with Braille. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. I, I love Braille. I use uh, Braille with my phone every day. I just love it all the time. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Um, we look forward to the next session on voice controls. Thank you for listening to the GTT podcast from the Canadian Council of the Blind. There are many ways to get in touch with us. You can call us toll-free at one 304 You can follow our GTT blog at gttprogram.blog. If you'd like to subscribe to our email support list, you can send a blank email to gttsupport plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And you can follow the Canadian Council of the Blind on the web at ccbnational.net.